We're living in days that are really confusing. There are so many voices teaching so many things, proclaiming so many things, offering so many opinions, so many uh, political statements, so many media statements, so many social media statements. Who do you trust? How do you know what the right way to go is? How do you know what the right answers are? This is Pastor Greg, and I'm here with Life 66, and I want to start a, I think it's going to be about four parts, a, a uh, teaching on how to read your Bible. Here's what I know. The Bible is God's absolute, reliable, trustworthy, inerrant, uh, infallible word, and we can trust it. In these days when there's so many uh, voices that are just pounding away at our brains and in our, in our minds, we need to be able to know what is true. And the good news is, is you can know what is true. You don't have to worry or wonder or guess what the truth is, that we can trust God's word. It is his word. It's reliable. It's faithful. And I've been serving God for now close to 45 years. And it's, the Bible has never let me down yet. I know that sometimes I read it and there are things that confuse me, but as I'm patient and as I continue to study God's Word, I come to find out that the things I was confused about was because of my limitations, not because of the Bible's, that it is absolutely true. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. When it says scripture, it means the Bible that God breathed this Bible. It was inspired by him. It's as if he's talking to us and it's useful for us. It teaches us. It rebukes us. Rebuke means when you're wrong, it says, hey, get on the right track, like like discipline. It corrects us. It shows us the right way to go and it trains us in righteousness. It teaches us how to live right so that our lives can be fruitful and happy and wonderful. So I want to take uh, a few episodes of Life 66, and I want to teach you how to read your Bible. I have four different methods that will be helpful for us uh, to really dig in and understand the Bible better. Uh, But first, let me just tell you briefly, just this is is really basic stuff, but uh, just briefly about what the Bible is, that the Bible is is 66 books. Now, when we say books, it's kind of like chapters, like if you read a chapter book, but it's it's really not exactly like that. There are 66 sections we call books, and those 66 are split up into two separate parts, the Old Testament, the New Testament. Testament means promise or covenant. So there's the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, the Old Promise and the New, co- new Promise. Now, old and new doesn't mean old, like dilapidated, antique. Um, not useful, you know, uh, um, outdated, doesn't mean that. It means just older. It was written before. It teaches things that happened previously than the new. And the new isn't, you know, better, uh, modern, so therefore it's more applicable. No, it just means written later. You put the two together and you have the complete Word of God. Um, I mentioned the 66 books, but there's really, uh, and those books were written by 44 different authors. But the amazing thing about God's Word is that written by 44 different people, as God spoke to them, as God inspired them and really spoke through them, all 44 agree with each other. This book was written over 1,400 years, 
written in three different languages, Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew, written on three separate continents, Europe, Asia, and Africa. More, it's such a diverse book. Written, the authors that wrote the book, some were shepherds, some were fishermen, some were, um, there was a doctor, Dr. Luke. Uh, some were um, lived in palaces. Some were kings, like King David. Uh, some were um, people that grew up in palaces, like Moses, but then went on the run and and wrote the law later. Uh, there are just so many different types of people that God used to write the Bible. Over four, 1,400 years, 44 different authors, 66 books, three languages, three continents, yet this amazing book agrees with itself. To me, one of the most awesome proofs that the Bible is true is the diversity that is so completely unified. Now, I know there are tons and tons of of questions that people bring up about the authenticity or the reliability of the Bible. Uh, I'm not here to discuss that in this particular um, podcast, nor in the next few as I teach you how to read it. Uh, I can get into that you know, sometime later, most likely, but if you want to go further right away, one of the best websites and uh, people that I rely upon is a good friend of mine named Frank Turek, Dr. Frank Turek, spelled T-U-R-E-K. And he has a website that is entitled Cross Examined, like in a courtroom, Cross Examined. Crossexamined.org, if you'll go there and begin to peruse around his videos and his um, different uh, entries and posts, you're going to get a ton of great information. Uh, if I were to do a podcast, I'd probably borrow a whole ton off of Frank's um, website, and I would use that to tell you anyway. So go ahead and go to crossexamine.org and begin to look at the videos there, and you're going to find a bunch of just really, really great information. So, um, you know, the Bible is so diverse and is so reliable. You know, a lot of the prophetic writings give evidence for its reliability and its infallibility. There are over 300 prophecies dealing with Christ alone, just with Jesus, not all the other hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prophecies dealing with other uh, events, but 300 prophecies alone, 16 of them are major prophecies like Jesus will be born in Bethlehem, that he'll, um, he'll, be, born, he'll be from Nazareth, uh, he'll be born of a virgin, and, and, and so on. Uh, he'll he'll die on a cross and etc. Sixteen of them are major like that, and for a person to fulfill even just those sixteen major prophecies, not even talking about the three hundred that he fulfilled, just those sixteen, the likelihood of Jesus fulfilling those in his life, and they were given hundreds of years before he came uh, and was uh, came to Earth. It would would be the odds are this way: if you took the entire state of Texas. Entire state, huge, and you stacked silver dollars two feet deep over every inch of the state of Texas, and then you put a, an X, take a sharpie and write an X on one silver dollar and place it anywhere in any of the stack of the of the state of Texas, and then have a a, a skydiver skydive down into the state and land and choose one coin that has the X on it. That's the odds of Jesus fulfilling those 16 prophecies. It's, an, it's amazing, but he did it. There are over 100,000 100, 100, to 150,000 manuscripts that we have. 
that we've that the scriptures have been put together, and they are complete in the sense of they give us the entire layout of the scriptures. It's powerful. It's real. It's true. And again, we can dig into all the different criticisms and all the different questions. Uh, go to Frank Turek's website. He'll help you a lot. So anyway, the Bible is God-breathed. It's inspired. Uh, let's find out how to read it. That's really what I'm trying to do with today's podcast. I want to teach us today and in the next three podcasts four different methods of how to read God's Word. Now, I'm assuming that you you want to learn, you want to grow, you want to be... Um, corrected and rebuked and have training in righteousness and you you trust God's word, how do you get into it? How do you read it? Some think, well, do you read it from the beginning and read it all the way through to the end like a novel? Uh, how do you even read this book? No, you, well, you don't read it like a novel. Um, it, it would probably bring a lot of confusion. God's word is not a novel in, a, in, in that kind of a sense, but it is God as if he compiled a 66 love letters and gave them to you. By the way, the 66 books is where we get the name for this podcast, Life 66, that we will receive life when we base our life on God's 66 books. So anyway, let's let's get into this thing here. There are four methods I want to teach you in the next four podcasts on how to really get into God's Word. The first one one I want to give you is called the ABC method, ABC, and those letters stand for analysis, best verse, and contract. A, analysis, B, best verse, and contract. What what does that mean? Analysis means when you study God's word, when you read a passage of scripture, and I would recommend reading a chapter or reading a couple of chapters that have continuity to them, you know, don't read too much. Don't read, uh, you know, these gigantic chunks. And it's also difficult to take one verse out and just read that without its context. It's important to read contextually, get the picture of what's really going on. The analysis is write down what you see, hear, taste, smell, feel in the passage. Try to determine what's really being said by taking in the whole picture, recording all of those senses and all of what's what's being communicated. Best verse means write out the verse that stands out to you in the passage. Best verse doesn't mean try to find out what the best one is. It's your personal best verse. What one really talked to you that day? Write that out. And then the C stands for contract. List what specific things that you're going to do with what you just read. And God's word is a teacher. It instructs us. So when you read it, read it with the understanding of what did God just say to me and what am I supposed to do with it? Write that out and then begin to live that way. And you're going to find yourself just growing by leaps and bounds. So let's go through this. Let's um, let's take a, a passage of scripture, and I'll take one that's pretty familiar, uh, the Good Samaritan passage in Luke chapter ten, verse twenty-five to thirty-seven. I'm going to read it to you, and then I'm going to walk through the ABC method and show you a way that you can apply this method, and it will help you understand God's word. So let me read to you first the passage, Luke ten, twenty-five to thirty-seven. It says this: On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? Jesus replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this and you will live. 
But the man wanted Jesus to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And reply, In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he also passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took, him, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? Jesus asked. The expert in the law replied, The one who had mercy on him, Jesus told him. Or one had mercy on him. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. All right, so let's back up. Let's analyze, A, analyze what this passage is saying. Let's ask questions. What do you see, hear, taste, smell, touch? So this expert in the law comes to ask Jesus, well, what's an expert in the law? Ask yourself that question. What does that mean, expert of the law? So you might go to the internet or go to some Bible study tools and begin to do some research on what expert in the law means. What does the law mean? Well, we can tell, I can tell you that it means the first five books of the Old Testament, the Jewish law, the Ten Commandments, and all the other commentary on those commandments. And then walk through it from there. Jesus gives him an answer. Uh, what the law says. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, The expert says, well, who's my neighbor? Explain that to me. Then Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. Well, there's questions to ask there. Uh, One of the questions it says, or one of the things it says is a man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho. Well, where's Jerusalem? Where's Jericho? What would that road be like? You can actually go on even Google Maps and look up the road from Jerusalem to Jericho. It says they attacked him, beat him, and left him half dead. When you look at that road, you can see that that road is a mountainous road. It's a narrow road, and it is a place where lots of robbers would hang out and attack travelers as they traveled down that road. Well, the passage says a priest happened by. Uh, when he saw this this man left half dead. Oh, and by the way, what does a half dead man look like? Is he bloody? Is it broken? Is he stripped? And it says he was stripped and left. Uh, uh, he stripped him of his clothes. So he got this naked man laying there, bloodied and beaten. You know, ask yourself those questions. Analyze the passage. What does it really look like? And this priest walks by. And he sees him, and he goes on the other side of the road. Well, who's a priest? What would a priest typically be expected to do? What would um, the responsibility of a priest be? Who are these guys anyway? Then it says a Levite came, and he passed on by on the other side too. Well, what's a Levite? Who are these people? The Levites were the ones that took care of the temple and the Jewish law. There were the 12 tribes of Israel, the Levites being one of them. Well, what was his role? What should he have done? Ask yourself those questions. A Samaritan then went by. Well, what's a Samaritan? Who's a Samaritan? We find out through some study that the Samaritans were despised people by the Levites and the priests and by really all Jews. Samaritans were half-breeds, half-Gentile, half-Jewish. Therefore, they were really, really looked upon 
in a very, very bad light. And all of the racist things that we've been through in the last couple of months, um, the Jews were really racist against the Samaritans, and they hated them because of their half-breed culture. So that's a really important thing Jesus is saying here. He says, you Jews, you expert in the law, you are talking about you know loving your neighbor and wanting to justify who's my neighbor. And Jesus is saying, the priest who should have helped him didn't. The Levite who should have helped him didn't. But here's this despised half-breed Samaritan whom you guys are so racist against. This man took pity on him, saw him, bandaged his wounds, poured oil and wine on his wounds, put him on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he paid the innkeeper and said, take care of him and I'll pay all the expenses. Well, what did that look like? What did it take for the Samaritan to stop and to bandage a man's wounds? Put yourself in his position. What would, that have, what, what would his broken body have felt like? What would it be like to get the blood all over your hands? What would it be like to literally pick a man up, that's heavy weight, and put him on your own animal? How far was the inn that he had to go to? What did the innkeeper do and say? What did he charge him? We don't know, really. But ask these questions. What did he smell like after having uh, been laying there for quite a while? What did he look like? Ask yourself these questions. This is how you analyze a passage. Okay? So now B, best verse. Well, you might take a best verse which would be, maybe it's love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's really the key verse there that Jesus is trying to get at, but maybe that's not the verse that was best for you. Maybe the best verse is Jesus' last words when Jesus says, go and do likewise. That's a motivating verse. Maybe your best verse is, and the Samaritan took pity on him. That maybe you feel that taking pity on people that are struggling, or maybe you see a homeless person and you don't just want to pass by, but you want to take pity on him. Maybe that's the best verse for you. So read those verses and discover what's the best verse. Write it out. Then the contract, C, what are you going to do about it? This is really the bottom line. Jesus says, well, who was the neighbor to this man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law said, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus said, go and do likewise. Go and do. That's what he's telling us to do every time we read God's word. Every time we read the 66 books, the Life 66, he's saying, go and do likewise. Don't just ignore it. Don't just read it and go, oh, that was a cool story. Great. No, do it. When you see someone who's in need, when you see someone who's hurting, when you see someone who's struggling, when you see someone who's been treated unjustly, take pity on him. Go to him. Yes, it's going to cost you. Yes, it will take sacrifice. Yes, you're going to have to go out of your way. But Jesus said, that's the real law of love. Go and do likewise. So what contract will you write out of what the scripture tells you to do? It's a great method because it's so easy. You just walk the ABCs through the scripture. You can go to pretty much any passage in the Bible and do this same analysis. What do you see? taste, smell, hear, uh, what's the surroundings. Ask yourself the questions. Be like a reporter when you read God's word. What's the best verse? 
again, not the best verse. Uh, it's the best verse for you. Somebody else could read the same passage and get a different best verse. Write it out. And then what's the contract? It's powerful stuff. Listen, God's Life 66 will lead you in a time where there is so much confusion, so many voices. We need truth, and we need to know how to navigate what is right and, and what will be prosper, uh, prosperous for us, what will be fruitful for our lives. And God's Word truly is life. It really is. If you listen to all those other voices, it, it's going to bring destruction and pain, confusion and shame. God's Word will give you life, and you can receive it, and you can live by it, and He's going to help you. He always will. He's a good God. So hope this is good for you. In the next uh, really short period of time, I know it's been a couple weeks since I posted a podcast, uh, I'm going to give you the next three Bible study methods in pretty short order uh, in the next couple of days. So make sure you tune in and get all these methods, and then pick one that works best for you, and it'll be really helpful. So anyway, hope this has been good for you. Use the ABC method. Jump right in there. This is Pastor Greg, and this is Life 66. Catch you next time.